Welcome to Benefits, What Like It's Hard? The podcast that breaks down the truths and misconceptions about all things benefits. Not only do we talk about what you should know about the benefits offered to you through your employer, but we also tackle topics on physical and financial wellness. I mean, come on, what more could you want from a podcast? Join me, Libby Allison, each week to hear from people just like you sharing their own experiences and experts giving us the inside scoop on the information we need to be successful. Hi, everyone. Today, we are going to be talking about target date funds. And I have Amanda Hall and Matt Antonucci on the podcast. They've both been on the podcast before. But I don't know if you guys have been on the podcast together. Have you guys? No. First time together. First, first time together. It's a new partnership. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I'm excited. Um, partially because I don't even know what target date funds are. <laughs> um, so maybe we should start there and then we'll go into what you need to know about them. Sure. Um, well, I'll, I'll kick us off. So the simplest definition um, for target date funds, really they're an investment fund that automatically adjusts your investment risk really to be more conservative as you near a certain date. Um, for instance, retirement. So they're really uh, popular in employer-sponsored retirement plans. Um, so, you know, as you near that target date, let's say 2055, um, your holdings become more and more conservative to reduce your risk of experiencing major losses as you get closer to actually needing to access those funds. So typically, um, these are ideal for like younger, less sophisticated investors, or those investors who want to adopt uh, like set it and forget it type investment strategy. Um, but we're actually seeing target date funds gaining in popularity in recent years, um, especially among employer plans. So um, Vanguard actually is a really popular record keeping platform for employer plans. And they did re release some statistics related to target date funds. And you know, I love sharing statistics with you guys, so I brought some. Um, so in, in 2019, so this wasn't that long ago, 62% of Vanguard participants in defined contribution plans, so those employer plans, were invested in a professionally managed account. That included 54% who were invested in just a single target date fund. So their entire account was invested in one fund. Um, and then at the end of that year, 94% of Vanguard's plans that they, they did the record keeping for offered target date funds. And it's not just at Vanguard. We're seeing the same level of target date fund offerings across other record keeper platforms too. Um, in 2016, targeted funds were collecting 50% of all new 401k contributions, and three companies, um, Vanguard being one of them, and then also Fidelity and T. Rowe Price, accounted for 63% of targeted fund market share in 2016. So they're very popular in employer plans, and I would wager that most listeners, if they have an employer-sponsored plan, can, can elect to invest in a targeted fund. Um, and then we also see a lot of employer plans are starting to adopt um, automatic features like auto enrollment 
So if you start with a new company and you don't make any type of election to your employer plan, um, they might automatically enroll you at a certain percentage. And when an employer does this, they, they designate which investment election you're going to be put into automatically unless, unless you say otherwise. Um, and that's, that's known as like a QDIA or a qualified default investment alternative. Um, and I promise it's my last statistic, but at Vanguard alone, um, plans designating a QDIA, 97% of the QDIAs were target date options. That's huge. That's basically saying almost everybody. Um, and then 98% of the plans that had automatic enrollment were using those target date funds as their default fund. So likely if you're getting auto-enrolled, you're going into a target date fund based on your anticipated retirement date. <laughs> so those are all my statistics for everybody. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're not necessarily right for everybody. So I'm gonna kick it to Matt because Matt can kind of talk through a little bit about who it actually makes sense for. Well, I have a yeah, question first. Are target date funds just for like retirement savings accounts? They're offered um, outside of them, but they're really popular there. Okay. Like if I'm just putting my money into investments, like, and it's not a 401k or something like that, are there target date funds for that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you could go out on your own and, and buy a target date fund in, in a brokerage account or an IRA. It's, it's not mm -hmm. exclusive to, to retirement plans, but like Amanda said, that's, that's where they're really popular and that's where they're being offered the most. Okay. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we talk about some of the pros and cons of, of target date funds. Like, like Amanda mentioned, they're they're becoming the default option, the preferred default option in, in retirement plans. And so a lot of people, whether they know it or not, uh, might be just auto enrolling into these funds. And so uh, like, like also like Amanda mentioned, um, they can be great for a lot of people that maybe don't have a lot of investment experience or they don't have or want to dedicate a lot of time to figuring out what funds you're investing in, in your retirement plan, uh, but they're not a one size fits all. And just like with everything else, there are pros and cons. So uh, maybe just walk through some of the pros here. You know, first and foremost, it is simple. It's really simple uh, uh, investment solution. So in theory, uh, either you choose a fund or you're defaulted into a target date fund with a specific retirement date around the time that you yourself would retire um, and you essentially what we say in the industry set it and forget it the the fund manager invests the money for you over time without you really needing uh, any input from you on, on on how the risk level should be um, and and uh, it's advantageous to those that, that don't have the investment knowledge or just say do it for me so it's really simple in that regard uh, and the other pro is that a lot of these funds are diversified. So you, you're getting exposure to different asset classes, different areas of the market that you maybe wouldn't have yourself as, as the investment manager is picking different allocations for you. So you do get a, 
in a sense, kind of a professionally managed diversified portfolio uh, in that light. Some of the cons to consider is first and foremost, not all target date funds are the same. So different fund providers have different methodologies or philosophies on how their funds are managed. And you might be looking at a, a Fidelity 2055 fund and a T. Rowe Price 2055 target retirement fund. And they might have different methodologies and different risk, risk ratings and, and how much uh, are, are invested in stocks versus bonds, and even though they have the same retirement date attached to that fund. So when you're comparing these different funds, you need, really need to make sure you're looking under the hood so you're not surprised for how much or how little risk you might be taking in a fund. And the other potential con, it's, it's not across the board on all target retirement funds, but uh, some, some target date funds have higher expense ratios than, than are really published. So what we mean by that is a lot of target date funds, I would even wager most target date funds are what we call fund of funds, where all this means is that the fund target date fund itself to get exposure to these different asset classes and areas of the market is actually investing in other funds to get that exposure. And the funds that they're investing in also carry expenses that aren't exactly published into the, the expense ratio of the target date fund. So again, just need to look under the hood there and make sure you're getting an accurate picture of all the expenses that, that you might be incurring within the fund. Um, because it's it's not always clear. And the other thing I guess I could mention on that just for special, <clears throat> sorry, Libby, did you have a question? No, I, I do, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> just just some other special considerations. Um, you know, like we said, it it's it's not a one size fits all solution. It can be really great for, for a large portion of, of the investing population, especially in, in retirement plans. Um, but there are some other things that you should consider. You know, we touched on the expense piece, um, but also just your optimal risk level. And, and really what we mean by that is just how much stock versus bonds you should have in your portfolio. And the last thing that we want is for investors to, to be invested in a target date fund that's taking too much or too little risk for participants. So if, if you're someone that's nearing retirement, you own a fund that has more stock in it than, than you really thought, and the stock market drops right at the, the time that this person would be retiring and have to start living on this money, uh, you know, that, that's the last thing that we would want to happen. Um, so just making sure you have an appropriate risk level there. And there are ways to determine that, you know, just how much risk you should be taking, factors like age, how old you are, how close are you uh, to retirement, typically, I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but the younger you are, the longer time horizon that you have to retirement typically means that, that you can take more risk. You've got a longer period of time for the market to work for you. You can survive the ups and downs and continue to contribute. So select a, a target date fund or an allocation that, that, that has more stock investments if you're younger um, so you can grow that money. Um, and, and the opposite's true for people that are nearing retirement. Um, target date funds, we believe they address this issue, how, you know, of time or age, time to retirement, um, but they don't, they don't address all the issues, and we can touch on some of those too. 
um, you know, just like outside investments. Uh, if you've got, what's your, what does your portfolio look like outside of this? So at Haran, we believe that, and, and Amanda and I were talking about this yesterday, actually offline, that, that you need to take a holistic look at your entire portfolio and everything should be working together because it all end, ultimately ends up in the same place. Uh, when you do retire, when you're eventually living off this money and, and it needs to be working together for you over your investing lifetime. Um, and then and then finally, Amanda and I are also talking about this, just your willingness to take risk. Uh, and it, it's really funny, we call this one the sleep test. You know, if you're not sleeping at night because you're worried about your investments, you're probably taking on more risk than you're comfortable with. So target date funds don't specifically address this. They only know this is when I plan to retire and all else equal, that's how, how the fund's gonna be invested. So uh, those are just some other considerations uh, to take into account when you're looking to, to select a retirement target date fund or uh, evaluating the one that you're defaulted into. Yeah, so kind of piggyback off of some of the stuff Matt said, we actually do see um, some confusion sometimes through um, different target date offerings because there's actually, there's technically two different types of target date funds. Um, and I've had clients and, and retirement plan participants come to me confused about their equity holdings or their stock holdings once they retire or after they've already been retired for a while. And the confusion comes through um, the, the type of target date fund is not always very easily identified. So there's something called two funds, and there are through funds. And the two funds um, assume that you're accessing the full value of those assets as of that target date. So once you reach that date, in, you know, in our example, 2055, you are at the most conservative position of that fund. Whereas through funds assume that you'll, you're going to keep holding those assets in that fund throughout either a portion of your retirement or until you die, essentially. And so they may still have a, a higher equity or stock holding when you're hitting that target date, so at, at 2055, than um, a two fund would. So, um, Matt, maybe you can talk a little bit about how people understand the difference and how they can identify if the target date fund offered in their, in their employer plan or that they're looking at is is a two fund or a through fund? Yeah, it all comes down to uh, this fancy tool called the glide path that people can access when they're researching the target date fund they're invested in. And the, the glide path is a pretty cool concept. It, it's basically a roadmap for how your target date fund will be invested over the entire lifespan of the fund. And so if you're in a two retirement fund, um, well, first of all, some of the funds will actually say we're a two retirement or a three retirement fund. Uh, but if it's a, a two retirement fund, that, that glide path will, the change in, in the investment risk allocation will basically stop. It, it remains stagnant. If you're at a through retirement fund, at your target retirement date, your glide path will say, or will will continue to to shift as you move through uh, as you move through retirement. 
Yeah, and just one more thing on the glide path on a two versus through fund, uh, regardless of whether it's a two versus through retirement fund, is just to really pay attention to that. That's what's going to drive the investment returns over the entire life of the fund. Um, so, so what the glide path is showing, how you'll be allocated over the lifetime of that fund or how, how you're, however long you plan on being in that fund, along with the investment expenses are really the two most important factors uh, from an initial review standpoint of when you're, when you're evaluating these, these funds, because those are going to, they're going to drive the performance over a long period of time. And those are the big factors that go into that. Yeah. And um, for those of you who, who, if this sounds like this is a lot of work or this is not something that you want to take on yourself, um, I would just say, you know, as always, when it comes to investing, seek out a trusted financial advisor. Um, a lot of employer-sponsored plans do have, like, a retirement plan advisor and, like, people that you can um, talk to about those holdings that are available um, and what might make sense for you, and they can kind of help you determine the risks and the rewards associated with different investments um, to just help you give a better idea of, of what might make the most sense for you. But I will always say if, if you're if you're feeling really confused about anything related to your retirement plan or your investments, um, just seek out someone, someone you trust, someone that's, you know, preferably credentialed and, and has the experience and knowledge to, to really help guide you. That was going to be my question, but that's always my question. <laughs> should I, should you seek out someone who's a professional for something like this? But the answer is always yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's never going to hurt because we talk a lot about um, emotional investing, too, and how that never works out. I will tell you right now, I've got four different securities licenses. I've, you know, been in this industry for over eight, maybe nine years. I, I've got all this knowledge, but I don't handle my own investments by myself. And the reason is because I am very emotionally tied to my money. I work hard for it. Um, I've, you know, been, you, you put money aside to save for retirement and you give up things now so that you can do that. Um, and I'm, I'm emotional when it comes to my money. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but <laughs> um, I need someone with a level head when there's, you know, severe market fluctuations or or something like that. Um, and, you know, while I might be checking a client's account very regularly, I try not to look at my own, you know, when the market's really volatile and just have like regularly scheduled times that I review and make sure my risk tolerance is still where I want it to be and things like that. But, I mean, I will tell you right now, even – even those of us in the industry that, that have a lot of this knowledge, sometimes to take the emotion out of it, you really need to work with someone else. I think that's a good point. I have conversations with my fiance all the time. He's constantly telling me I need to invest more of my money. Um, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I still don't have a lot of investments, uh, but I think part of it is because he will show me like, look, I lost this much money today. And I'm like, I could not, I couldn't handle that. That would make me mad. So yeah, I think that's a good point, Amanda, that well, if you, you are going to might feel that different, way. It sounds like you guys might also have different risk tolerance. <laughs> but, um, sure. So you'll have to work sure. that out I have once like you're none. officially married. <laughs> I have like yeah. no tolerance. 
definitely going to have to be a balance for us of like, okay, you can have your money and do what you want with it, but there's going to have to be a separation of my money and it's not going to, we're not going to be as aggressive with it because I can't, I mean, just like you said, I'm a little too emotional about my you money. You would pass the sleep test. You would, you would fail test. the sleep no. test if you, if you, if you went no. with, with Trevor's advice. <laughs> but I also think on in that same vein, like, that's why I think um, from, like, an investment standpoint, I might just give him some of my money, and I don't want access to, like, the app that shows me what's going on. I'm just going to trust because – he can handle it, and I will just be mad. So, um, <laughs> I probably like I. I probably will just hand it off to him. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Trevor also is seeking advice from someone with your money. If if, he, if you're going to entrust him <laughs> with that, maybe he's, he'll work with somebody at least to make you feel a little bit better. Well, I, we, we have a, like, we already have like a joint account and he runs everything by me before he does it. So, um, we have some investments there, but it's more conservative than what he does with his own money. So I feel like that test run has made me feel more confident with just handing him my money. And we do have help. Um, we work with, you know, a few different people. So uh basically though that i'm just saying that's a good point amanda because i can't i couldn't do it yeah i said this could be a whole nother podcast topic marriage (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) yeah it should well i think there is going to be one coming up on what to consider when you get married from a financial standpoint um and so we could throw that in so for our listeners Look for more on this topic later on. (laughs) Anything else on target date funds that our listeners need to know? I don't think so. Like I said, just just do your research. If you've got questions, reach out to somebody that you trust, somebody that um, can help you and, and help guide you. It's not necessarily always a family member or a friend. Just keep that in mind, but um, yeah, yeah. Just just reach out if you've got questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this was great. Thank you, guys. Um, always appreciate you guys coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us back. See you next time. Nothing we say in this podcast is representative of any specific plan and should not be construed as legal, regulatory, or accounting advice. If there is any discrepancy between what we say and your plan document, your plan document will always